Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. I have some good news and I have some even better news. Which ones do you want first? Uh, No, there's no bad ones today. The bad news were last week. I have some good news and some better news. So regarding our sacrificial offering for our kids project, the good news is that we went from 2,500 to this new total. Check it out. Amen. So that's the good news. You want to know the better news? There's still plenty of room for you to give. Amen. We're grateful. We're grateful. Some of you that didn't make commitments gave. And I know some of you have made commitments and you're waiting either for your taxes or your paycheck or, or so to, to fulfill that, which I'm grateful for. But there's still plenty of room to give. Amen. We want to beautify our kids' classroom. We want to change the floor. We want to paint the walls, change the ceiling. We want to try to give our kids the best. Amen. So, so I want to say thank you to those of you that already fulfilled your sacrificial offering. And if you're still in the fences, trust God about it. If God puts a number in you, just say, Lord, I'm going to commit to doing it. And I know that you're going to provide the means to do that. Amen. So, so I thought that was good news. And I thought that was even better news. Amen. So if you have your bulletin, you can open it, pull out the outline. Uh, We're in a series about love and uh, we're talking about love, not just in marriage, but in all relationships. So if you're single or divorced or, or a single parent or maybe you're young, not looking today, this series is still for you because we want healthy and vibrant relationships with you. We want you to be able to get along with your parents, to be able to get along with your coworkers. But most importantly, we want you to get along with those you love. We want you to have relationships, check this out, that you can enjoy and that honor God. Because I think that those are good goals, aren't they? To say, I want my relationships to be relationships that I enjoy and that bring glory and honor to God. You know, this week we were having a meeting with our pillar pastors and the Lord put this in our heart. And here's another great thing. God is doing amazing things in our church. And here's the next thing that he wants to do. We want to take a Sunday in the month of July and we want to help those of you that want to get married, get married. Amen. We can't help you find somebody, but we can help you do the, the ceremony. If you're living together and you're not married, we don't, we don't just want to tell you what God says, which is don't do that, get married, but we want to help you. Amen. We want to help you get out of sin because it is sin, right? Just as if I was unfaithful to my wife, that would be sin because I would be with somebody that is not my wife. If you are with somebody that is not your spouse, that is not pleasing to the Lord. But we want to help you. And check this out. We want to help you put a wedding together. We'll decorate this place with beautiful flowers. We're going to get a professional photographer. We're going to put the program together. 
And we're even going to do something that we typically don't do. We're going to throw a party after that, that day. Amen? So if you want to get married, I want you to take one of those response cards and put your name and put your number. We'll get in touch with you. The only thing you'll have to worry about is your rings, the dress and your tuxedo, and inviting your friends and family. We'll take care of the rest. Amen? So, and by the way, church, we're able to do this because of your generous giving. It is your giving that allows us to be a blessing. So if you are on the fence and you're like, you know, I know I I found the woman of my life. I know I found the man of my dreams. I just don't have the money because living in California is expensive. But but if money was not an issue, I would marry them. Well, we want to make that dream come true. Amen? Are you excited about that? Amen? And we won't... We won't just help you get married. We want to help you stay married. We want you to be inseparable. Amen? Which reminds me of a joke, and then we'll go into the message. Is that all right? Somebody complained to me last week, and they said, Pastor, what happened with the jokes? We, 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 we look forward to those. So it says that two, two, uh, two women were talking, and one of them said to the other, she said, you know, my husband and I were inseparable. The other friend looked at her with eyes of wonder and amazement. And she said, that is so sweet. Do you guys do everything together? And she said, no. Well, then why do you say you're inseparable? She says, because when we argue, it takes up to eight neighbors to divide us. (laughs) Let's pray. (laughs) Not here, right? Not here. We don't do that here. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your wonderful presence. Lord, speak to us. And more than speak to us, transform us, change us. Whatever weeds that are killing our relationships, Lord, we pray that they would be uprooted, that they would be removed today. And that we would walk out of here, not just with a better understanding, but with a better heart. Teach us your love and teach us how to love like you have loved us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You know, my dad, as I've shared in the past, grew up in a very dysfunctional family. Amongst the worst, his father was publicly and consistently unfaithful to his wife. She knew it. Everybody in the family knew it. Everybody in the town knew it. They both, both of my dad's parents, would often physically assault one another. And although my grandma was short about the height of Pastor Manolo, <laughs> you, know, you know I mess with him because I love the guy, right? I love the guy. He, he truly is my best friend. He really is. He really is. Um, although she was short, she would often beat up my, my, my grandpa. And my grandpa would often physically assault my grandma, all of my uncles, starting with my grandpa, all the men in my dad's family were drunks, all of them. And many of them even used drugs consistently. They always fought. They had a reputation of always fighting, not just with other people, but at times even with themselves. In my dad's family growing up, the words, I love you, were not often heard. Just a very dysfunctional family. 
my mom's side of the family, while not as bad, they also had their issues. So you would think that they, my parents, would continue the dysfunction that they grew up experiencing. Because after all, that's what was normal for them. That's what they knew. But the good news is that they didn't. That my parents were able to build a better family than the one they came from. And that's the beauty that Jesus makes. Yesterday in our couples night, Commander Rudy and Denise shared the kind of background they came from. And if you see them today, they're lovebirds. They still go on dates. They still get in trouble in their own home. And, but that wasn't always the case. You had to be there to understand that one. But that wasn't always the case. Jesus makes a difference in our relationships. And I just want to tell you today that the family that you build is more important than the family you come from. The family that you can build is more important than the family you come from. The family you come from is in your bones. But Jesus can change that and he will change that. So if maybe you say, you know, my upbringing, the relationships between me and my siblings, my parents, just all of us, we're a mess. And I don't want to continue that. I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want to extend that. I want to build a better family. I want to build better relationships. Well, last week I shared with you, and it's a quote that I hope you can remember, and, I'll, and I'm going to remind you every Sunday during this series. And there's a typo in it in this week. But, but, but here's what I want you to remember. Great relationships are not built in a day. There's the typo in your, in your outline. But great relationships are not built in a day. Just because you get married doesn't mean you're going to have a great marriage. Just because you have a child doesn't mean your relationship with your child is automatically great. Great relationships are not built in a day. Just because you want a counseling once doesn't mean you won't have that issue in your marriage anymore. Great relationships are not built in a day, but they are built daily. They are built every morning while everybody's on the rush to get to work and to get to school and everybody is fighting for the bathroom. That's where great relationships are built. Great relationships are built when there's tension in the car on your way to church, right? And you want to pull over and strangle somebody. That's when great relationships are built. Great relationships are built daily. And if we're going to build great relationships daily, then we need the most important ingredient which is love. Love needs to be our guide and love needs to be our highest goal. Look at what 1 Corinthians 14.1 says in the CEV translation. It says, love should be your what? Your guide. The NBV says, may love always be the highest goal for you. I shared with you last week that this letter of 1 Corinthians, Paul writes it to address the issues that were happening in this Christian community, to address the issues and the relationships that the Corinthian church had. And they had all kinds of issues. And they had many issues. And in the middle of all this instruction, in the middle of all this correction, in the middle of setting things straight, Paul inserts one of the most beautiful and poetic chapters that we can find in the Bible. 
1 Corinthians 13, the chapter of love. Now, here's what I want you to know. Paul is providing direction. Paul is providing counseling. Paul is providing correction. Paul is providing instruction. Paul is providing education. But in the middle of doing that, he has to remind them. And he almost kind of has to remind himself that all those good things without the most important ingredient are useless. And he says, and it's almost like you could hear him saying, listen, everything I'm telling you, it's important. It's good. It's useful. But as he gets ready to insert the chapter of love, as he gets ready to talk about love, look at the sentence that he uses to set up the importance of love. And in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, verse 31, Paul says the following. He says, and yet I will show you, you ready for this? The most excellent way. Because again, Paul knows that wisdom, that faith, that instruction, that order, and so on and so on are necessary. But the best way to deal with the challenges, with the issues, with the differences in our relationships, the best and the most excellent way is love. See, you and I, We have needs in our relationships too. We have issues. No marriage is perfect. No family, it's perfect. We all have challenges. And yes, we need wisdom. Yes, we need faith. Yes, we need direction. Yes, we need correction. But if you have all those things and you don't have the most excellent way, if you don't have the most important ingredient, you want to know something? That relationship will still fail. I've seen that and you've seen that. Sadly, I get to see that too often. Relationships who go out and get the help. Relationships who who are praying, who have faith. Relationships who, who get the resources, but lack the love. They lack the most excellent way. And because they do, the relationship doesn't make it. The relationship doesn't last. Hear me out, please. And here's what I would want you to take away this morning. When it comes to relationship, there is nothing more important that will make a bigger difference in your relationship like love. And I'm not just talking to married couples. I'm talking between siblings. I'm talking with your neighbors. I'm talking with your mother-in-law. Any relationship. There's nothing more important in life than love. Paul tells us that the prevailing value in life for our relationships should be love. Should not be convenience. Should not be commitment. Should not even be faith. Should be love. The foundation on which you build your relationships and make decisions should be love. What we procure, what we seek to care for the most should be love. And here's the simple why, and 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 I'll give you the message in a sentence. Because without love, you have nothing. Without love, anything you do and any attempt you take and any resources you get and any prayer anyone make will mean nothing. In fact, I want us to look at three verses. And I want to point out five practical examples that Paul gives 
as to how and why love is the most excellent way, is the most important ingredient when it comes to relationships. And look at what he says is right there in your outlines. In 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3, as he begins to talk about love, look how he sets it up. He says, if I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging what? Symbol. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all the mysteries and all the knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am what? Nothing. And if I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain what? Nothing. Let me point out five practical things that Paul uses to illustrate the importance of love. And there are five reasons why love is the most excellent way. Here's the first one, and you can fill this out in your outline. Love is the most excellent way because without love, my words are mere noise. Would you fill that in in your outlines? Somebody took my symbol I had back here. Mark, somebody take it. Can you get that for me and that stick? Look at what 1 Corinthians 13, 1 says. It says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am what? A noisy gong or a what? A clanging cymbal. Hear me out. Without love, your words are empty. They're noise. Without love, your words are this. That's annoying. And you know the thing about noise? That it repels people. I do this and you want to walk out, right? This is what we sound like when we lack love. And see, the same instrument that can be used to make noise can also be used to make beautiful sound. See the difference? That's the difference that love makes when it comes to words. See, a beautiful melody draws people in. A noise pushes people away. Love is so vital when it comes to relationships that even when we must have difficult conversations and, and loving somebody doesn't mean you don't have difficult conversations. Loving somebody you, doesn't mean you don't tell them you got to pick up your chonies. <laughs> but love is so vital that even when we need to have difficult conversations, look at the instructions that were given in Ephesians 4.15. It says, speak the truth in love. Because, I mean, speaking the truth is one thing, and speaking the truth and love is a whole nother one. In fact, if you ever want to get your relationships right, you shouldn't worry so much about what to say, but how to say it. Because what to say is easy. But how to say it, that's where love comes into play. See, in all of our conversations, especially our difficult ones, the one question that we need to ask is, are my words wrapped by love? Because if they're not, you're just noise. Your words are empty. You've heard the old saying, right? People don't care what you have to say till they know you, till they know you care about them. Because love makes all the difference. And words without love mean nothing. 
You know my three favorite expressions that I hear all the, often? Two are said by my kids and one by my wife. When I come from work, my kids will usually run up to me and say, Daddy's home. Oh man, that melts my heart. Or Nathan has gotten in the habit of running up to me and he says what's become one of my favorite three expressions and he says, Dad, I've missed you. I could be gone for an hour and I come home and he says, Dad, I missed you. And you know what my third favorite one is? When Lorena tells me, lock the door, baby. See, the man, the man, they got me, right? (laughs) Number two, number two. The second reason love is the most excellent way is because without love, my knowledge makes me proud. Come on, if you can't say amen, say ouch. Like what Paul continues to say in verse two, the first part. He says that if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, but have not love, I am what? Nothing. I'm a big believer in knowledge. I am a big believer in in gaining understanding. You should pick up a book about relationships. You should pick up a book about parenting. You should pick up a book about healthy families. I am a big believer in gaining knowledge. But listen, knowledge without love won't lead to a good outcome. Because knowledge without love won't make you helpful. It'll make you prideful. Because now you know something that they don't know. And instead of it becoming a resource, it becomes, you ready for this? A weapon. Now you know what the word narcissistic means and you'll use it not to help them, but to hurt them. Now you know what codependent means. So instead of using it to understand and help your spouse, you use it to offend them and to attack them. See, have you ever tried to deal with a prideful person? It's hard. You know why it's hard? Because they've built up a wall around their lives called pride. And it's impenetrable. It's impossible. Because knowledge is good, but knowledge without love won't lead you to good results in your relationships. It'll just make you prideful. And see, if you're reading books and you're listening to sermons, but they're not leading you to loving people better, and it's just leading you to know how to attack them, to know how to offend them, to know how to put them down, your knowledge is of no use. Because all it does is that it doesn't make your relationship better. It just makes you more prideful. Knowledge can make you feel good. But it is knowledge with love that makes your relationship good. Did you catch that? Number three, number three. Here's the third one. The third reason love is the most excellent way is because without love, my faith is worthless. Did you catch that? Ouch. My faith is what? Worthless. Look at what he says in the second part of that verse. And he says, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am what? Nothing. Hear me out. Hear me out. 
Faith without love, it's worthless. If you have faith, but you don't have love, the lack of love does not diminish your faith, does not weaken your faith. It annuls it. It invalidates it. It makes it worthless. Why is that? Why is that? Well, because if you have faith as to move mountains, you're going to use that faith to move a mountain and throw it on top of somebody. And here's the other thing. Faith. Faith is a relationship with God. And if we are to have a relationship with God, we then ought to be able to have a relationship with what? With one another. You ready for this? I'm going to tell you something really hard. Some of you might get offended. If your faith in God doesn't improve your relationships, then your faith is of no use. Stop coming to church. Faith shouldn't make you more religious. It should make you more relational. You can't come to church and worship God and mistreat people. You can't come to church and use your mouth to glorify God and then leave this place and use that mouth to put other people down. Faith without love is worthless. Our faith in God should make us better at our relationships. Look at what the Bible says in Galatians 5, 6. It says, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through what? Through love. Through love. Because love is foundational. In Matthew 5, 23 and 24, we're not going to go there. You can write it down and read it at home. We, we, we have the following instructions. And he says, if you come to the temple to bring a gift offering and you, and by the way, when he says, when you come to the temple, it wasn't just like you and I coming to church on Sunday. In those days, they had to travel months, sometimes even uh, long periods of time to go from their town to the actual temple to worship. Okay. So it was a long investment. And, and in Matthew 5, 23 and 24, we find this passage and he says, if you're at the temple offering your gift offering and you remember you have something against someone, remember what it says? Ignore it and focus on God. <laughs> Lift them up in prayer that God would change them. <laughs> Tell God to give you the strength to endure their toxicity. Because that's what we do, right? We're worshiping and God reminds us that we were nasty to our husbands. And what do we do? Oh, Lord, you understand. You made them after all. <laughs> it says, if you remember you have something against someone, check this out. He says, leave your offering at the altar. Go back and reconcile and then come back. That's how important love and relationships are when it comes to our faith. It's almost like God is saying, listen, before you and I can be good, can you go make it good with those that are around you? Because if you can't love them, as John would say, that you can see, how can you love God whom you can't see? So faith without love is worthless. But here's the fourth one. The fourth reason love is the most excellent way 
is because without love, my generosity is insignificant. Without love, my generosity is insignificant. Look at what uh, verse three, the first part says, and he says, and if I give away all I have, but have not love, I gain what? Nothing. Hey, did you know that you can give your kids the most expensive clothes, the best toys and the best experiences, that you can give your wife a great home with the best appliances, that you can give your husband the sweetest car that he can dream of, that you can give your relatives really nice and thoughtful gifts and not give them your love? I hear husbands say all the time, I give them so much, why are they still complaining? She's got a house, electricity, her bills are paid. Why is she complaining? I buy them shoes, they have passes, they go to the movies, they have Wi-Fi. Why are they complaining? Here's why, guys. Because you can give them things and hold back your love. And sadly, many men today are generous in their relationships, but they're stingy in their love. And I hear it all the time. There's kids and wives who say, I want him to love me the way he loves his job. To be committed to me, to be faithful to me, to to hold me in high esteem like he does his job. Because generosity without love is insignificant. At the end of the day, things break, things deteriorate, and better ones come out. But love fills a place that cannot be taken away. See, the motivating factor for our giving is what matters most. Even when God commands us to be generous and to tithe and to give, he doesn't do it because he needs or wants your money. God doesn't want or needs your money. He wants your affection. He wants your heart. He wants your joy. In fact, the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. It's the joy of giving to him, the affection that God is after, not your money. That is one of the ways that we communicate that. And without love, your generosity is insignificant. Here's the last one. The fifth reason love is the most excellent way is because without love, my sacrifice is of no use to me, is of no benefit to me. First Corinthians 3, the last part says, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain what? Nothing. Now, single people, hear me out, okay? Hear me out. If you are not willing to sacrifice, don't get married. Because marriage will require you to be a living sacrifice, not day after day, but second after second. Come on, married people. Can you help me out? You cannot have a healthy relationship without sacrifices. It's just a requirement. It's the laying down of yourself, the laying down of the I for the us, for the you. But hear me out. This is important sacrifices without love become bitterness, become resentment. They become hatred. They become indifference. They become apathy. 
they become unproductive because sacrifices without love it's like the difference between gasoline and fuel and you may say pastor but what's the difference between gasoline and fuel (coughs) it's the same thing the difference is in how we refer to it it's fuel when it's put into your car and used to propel your car and to get your car working it's fuel but when your house is burning and you throw it's gasoline you've heard the expression don't throw gas don't throw more gasoline into the fire sacrifices they're necessary they're required but without love they gain you nothing because instead of propelling your relationship forward it'll make it worse and I get up every morning to go to work and you don't appreciate that and I've killed myself for an hour making you dinner just for you to come and say that you're not hungry because sacrifices without love is the difference between fuel and gasoline you know 1 Corinthians 13 1 through 3 And everything that Paul describes is a good thing. Faith is a good thing. Sacrifice is a good thing. Generosity is a good thing. Words is a good thing. Knowledge is a good thing. But there's a more excellent way. There's a better way. And it's love. Love is valuable. It's so important that apart from it, every good thing becomes useless. Did you get that? Without love, those good things become useless. So let us stop making the great mistake on missing out what is best and take the most excellent way, which is love. I want to do something and I'm getting ready to finish. You know, when we think about love, the image, the symbol that comes to mind is our heart, right? It's our heart. When you want to tell somebody you love them from a distance, you do the whole, right? This Valentine's Day, hopefully in some way or in some manner, you expressed your love to your significant others and uh, there's a heart shape in some way or another. And the human heart, from a physical perspective, is the center of life. Your whole body is a byproduct of your heart beating. One of the ways that you can tell if a person is alive is by checking their pulse to see if their heart is still beating because a beating heart is evidence of life. And when your heart goes, well, then you go. When your heart stops, well, then you stop. And there's a great similarity between your physical heart and your spiritual heart. As the physical heart is is the center to life and living, your spiritual heart is the center to every aspect of your life. So here's my question for you this morning. How's your heart? Because we can talk about love and get it up here. But when it becomes a difference maker is when it gets here. How's your heart? If love is the most important thing, well, then the condition of your heart is going to play a big role in that. See, some of you, you want to love, but you can't love because your heart is tired. 
Some of you, you want to love, but you can't love because there's resentment in your heart. Some of you, you want to love, but you can't because there's sin in your heart. Some of you, you want to love, or maybe you don't want to love because you were hurt and you've built up walls in your heart and you said, nobody's going to do that to me again. How's your heart? We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare him your God. No one loves you like Jesus and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you and now you have a new life in him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Dayspring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.